Now, there are three things that we need to understand. Every time that we study the Word, there are three things that you need to take in mind. And I've told you this before, but these three things are number one. When you're studying the Word, whatever you're studying in whatever Scripture, you need to, number one, who wrote it? It's very simple. Number one, who wrote it? Number two, who did he write it to? Number one was who wrote the passage. Number two was who was the passage written to. And number three is what is the purpose? Why did they write it? Did you know there are some parts of the Bible that were not written to you? That doesn't mean that the Bible is, is the, the whole Bible is not for you. It, do, it does mean, though, that some of the Bible was not written to you. You'll find out a lot of the Old Testament was written to the Jews. Amen? You need to understand that a lot of the old laws do not pertain to you. A lot of the old, uh, the old laws that they were under, they are not ours. They were not written to the Gentiles. They were written to the Jews. When you start saying, saying things like this, people go, Oh my gosh, you're trying to tell me that the Bible's not for us. No, I'm not telling you that, but you can take it out of context. You can take a lot of things out of context because we do not live in the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was given to us for the direction that we were taking, that we are taking now. The new covenant is ours. We live in the new covenant. You are a new covenant believer. Realize that in the old covenant that no one, not even Moses, not even David, not even any of those, those great people that you read about in the Old Testament, no one has the Spirit of God that resided in them like you do today. Whenever, whenever the Spirit of God was, was needed on a, on a king or a prophet, the Spirit of God came upon that person and that person did whatever needed to be done and then the Spirit of God lifted off that person. You need to realize that you've got the Spirit of God with you everywhere you go. I mean everywhere that you go and everything that you do, whether you realize it or not, the Spirit of God is there with you if you're born again. Being born again means that you've received Jesus as your Savior. There is no other way to be born again. I don't care what you've been taught. I don't care how many Hail Marys that you've had through your life and what you've done. There is no way to be born again but by believing and receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Okay? Glory. So who wrote the passage? Who did he write it to? And why did he write it? So... Knowing that, let's go to Matthew 18 where we left off last week. This is one of those passages that, that is many times told in error. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because we, we spent time on it next week. I want to bring you up to where we are. We're going to go to Matthew 18. And this is one of those things, um, one of those uh, passages, one of those parables, one of those stories that Jesus told. This is Jesus speaking. He told these parables to prove a point, really is what a parable is for. Um, I was approached by, I think, two, maybe three people in this church about this passage because of what we've been talking about lately is how to treat an unbeliever. How do you treat someone that doesn't know Christ? How do you treat someone that has backslidden? That's the old-fashioned old word for it. Somebody that has backslidden, gotten away from the church, got out of church, doesn't believe in Christ anymore, doesn't, you know. How do you treat those people? So a lot of times we take these scripture and we take them out of context. So let's just take one out of context right now, shall we? Just for the fun of it. Uh, Ethan, go ahead and bring me verse 15 up. I think I've got everything he needs back there. 
Here's how we take it out of context. Let's read. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that if by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to hear the church, kick his booty out of church and don't talk to him anymore. That's not what that says. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, what happens is, as many times, we just take a verse, and because of what we've been taught, we just start reading that verse, and we do not uh, get the whole story, because we, get it, we, we start in the middle of a story, we start in the middle of something, and we get this wrong idea. So what I have been taught, now I don't know about you, but what I have been taught, what that says right there is if somebody doesn't believe or if somebody uh, falls from grace, if I can, then we're supposed to send those people down the road. That's what it says to me. That's what I was taught. If a person doesn't believe the way you believe, if, the pers if a person uh, decides that, I don't, you know, don't want to be in church anymore. I don't like those Christian people. Those Christian people, are, they're just a bunch of lunatics. They're crazy. They're okay, okay, man, if you're going to say that about me, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Don't you come to my church? Don't you? I, you know, I, have, I think I've said that to people over the past um, 50 years. That's not what that says, folks. Now, Let's back up and read the entire parable, the entire story, and now let's find out how are we supposed to treat an unbeliever. So here comes the parable. So Jesus says, what do you think? He's, he's wanting you to put your thinking caps on and get ready because you're going to have to decide for yourself what this means, right? What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains and seek the one that is straying? Does he? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that, oh, more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, here we go. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector. Now, what I'm going to ask you is, how are we supposed to treat a heathen or a tax collector? What? What do you mean love them? Is that what we're supposed to do? Well, it sounded like to me there for a minute that we're supposed to just throw them off to the wayside and don't have anything to do with them. You know, when you get, you know, when you get somebody that doesn't agree with you, and how, how are you going to pray for those people anyway? How are you going to care about those people anyway? How about those people out there that are lost and they're just acting crazy? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Cray, craze. Right? We're supposed to just let them go? Let them, guys, we need to be careful not to take things out of context and live that way. We do not shun people who do not believe. 
we do not shun people who don't go to church anymore. We, as a matter of fact, we do not shun people that don't come here anymore and may go to another church. Wow, there's a big lesson to be learned in this right here. So if you're looking at this going, wow, that's not what I was taught. Well, you were taught in error. Listen to this, Colossians 4, 5, and 6. This will sum it up for you right here and we can go on. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. You got that for me, Ethan? Walk in wisdom toward those who are what? Outside. Outside. Redeeming the time. What does redeeming the time mean? Somebody tell me this. Getting it back. Is that what that means? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Mm. Let your speech always be with grace. Well, listen. If you, don't, if you don't believe the way I believe, you're stupid. Yeah, you're, 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 just, you're just stupid and you don't know what you're saying. And you know, there are Christians out there doing this, folks. That is not the way to win a believer back to Christ. That is not the way to win a believer, to win, to win a non-believer to Christ. That's not how things go. That's not what the Word teaches, but that has been taught from the pulpit and still is but just not here I kind of take a step out every time I do one of these things because I always upset somebody and I generally get calls that week that's okay because that's how we learn right now to finish up today there's an old saying Does everybody listen to me there's an old saying is I should have we need to have faith as a child. Faith as a child will get you where you're going. If you just had faith as a child, is that scriptural? Now you all are afraid to answer me. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And let's go to 1311. Ethan, put that up here for me. Maybe you guys can answer this after this verse here. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Everybody knows this verse, right? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I mean, I, I did everything like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, sounds like to me that, that we don't need to be thinking like a child. What about the faith of a child? That's different. You know, I don't know, I don't know if most of you men realize this or not, but do you know that women mature faster than we do? Huh? Is that true? On, on, on the whole, I know some of you guys are going, it is not, it is not. <laughs> well, okay. The biggest, percentage, the, the biggest percentage of the time, women generally mature maybe five to six years faster than men. We catch up after a while. <laughs> By the time we get 50, we start catching up, right? Dennis is not there yet, Delana said, but he's getting there, right? <laughs> I love you, man. Don't look at me like that. 
I can say that. He's my brother-in-law, so I can say mean, I can say mean, th- mean things about him. Well, we're going to go to back to Matthew 18 because it's in the same chapter that answers this for us. Because there have been many um, sermons on the faith of a child out there. You can, as a matter of fact, you can just go ahead and Google them. You can get many sermons on having the faith of a child. Because what is the faith of a child? Huh? Doesn't have all the junk in it. Anybody else? What's the faith of a child? What does that mean? No doubt? Okay, that's good. Anybody else? Say that again. Oh, wow. Did you hear what he just said? He said that you believe everything that, that, your, that your father says. Is that what you said? You know, it, with a child, okay, let, let, me, let me just kind of prove this to some of you. Some of you have told, told your child that Santa Claus is real, and they believe it. Some of, you, some of you think, some of your kids think that the Easter Bunny is real and they do believe it because that's what you told them. The faith, they have faith in you to tell... I know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to feel some heat. I'm getting ready to feel the lightning bolts. Come on. They have faith in you of telling them the truth. Don't look at me like that now. So whatever you tell your kids, they pretty much believe you until they find out you're lying. So, no kidding about when they turned 16 and they found out you started lying, you've been lying to them all the, all the years and for certain things, they think that you're not going to tell them the truth about anything. Mark, how do you know this? Well, all ours are about grown up and we've gone through a few things with them. And it's hard to believe somebody when you know that they've already lied to you. And so if you're wondering why my teenager is so rebellious, you think back. Think back. Let's be responsible here, folks. But we're going to go to Matthew uh, 18, the same, the same passage, but we're going to start at the first of the uh, chapter. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Here is this pride issue again. And these are the disciples, guys. You know, the disciples. Those that, you know, were, were closest to Jesus. I mean, these are, these are guys that, that went with him, saw everything, saw him walking on water, some of them. I mean, and then they're saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Please tell us. Then Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the middle of them. So he calls a child And he sets them in the middle and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What could this ever mean? Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Now that we've read that, and I know all of you are listening and, and, you got, and you're really paying attention to what we're reading, how are we supposed to be like a child? Well, 
You know, we talked about that a while ago is, is this, this fellow right over here said it is, is, man, they believe everything we say. I mean, they, that's the faith they have in, in just their, their human mother and father. And he's not saying that, you know, having faith as a child, a child is, their faith is, is not, you know, did you know that you can, you can God gives you the, your measure of faith, but that you can grow that faith, you can understand that faith that God has given you the more that you're, you're in church and you're in good, you're in good uh, company and you get good teaching, your faith will grow on the inside of you. And, and, and it's, it's very understandable that the Word says that God gives you a measure of faith. God gives you the faith that you need to, guess what, get through your entire life. Amen. Do you realize that He knows what you're going to go through? Yeah. So He knows the faith that you're going to need. And the very faith that you have comes from His Word. This is, this is, if you're wondering, God, give me faith. Open the book. God, please give me faith. Give me... Open the book. Get some good teaching. Get some good... Find out really what faith really is. So really when we have a faith of a child, if we're going to say that, we're not having the faith of a child like, you know, I remember when I was a child, I just... My, my favorite times were going out on the 5th of July. I told somebody this the other day. On the 5th of July, and I lived in a little neighborhood over there by the airport, and everybody shot off fireworks. Everybody shot off fireworks. And so me and one other guy would get up, and we would scour the entire neighborhood for all the fireworks that didn't get shot off. I mean, I had faith in the 5th of July. Because every time the 5th of July came around, I knew that I was getting up at 4 o'clock. Me and Jerry Boyles, you may know Jerry Boyles, we would go and we would just scour the entire neighborhood and we would get a bag of firecrackers. Jody's sitting up there thinking, why didn't I do that this week, this year? Because we just, we just, because that's, the reason why I'm telling you that is, and I told somebody that the other day, is because that's, that's the little faith of a child right there. We, we, I live for that. I know that sounds kind of strange, but you're thinking back right now, man, I live for some dumb things too. That's the faith of a child. So really what he's talking about here is not so much that, that childish faith, it's that faith in knowing that what your father tells you is true. Huh? Simple. Well, that sounds simple. Because when we go through the Old Testament, we're thinking, man, look at the stuff these people went through. Look at the, look at the, Moses, man, that dude was a, that dude was cray cray. That dude, man, David was crazy, man. He, they, all those people were crazy. There was, there's not one normal person in the Bible. There's not, they're all cray cray. They're crazy, man. Jonah was, Jonah was just, he was out there. He hated the people he was called to. Moses killed somebody and buried him in the sand. David had sex with somebody else's wife and then got him killed out on the battleground. Man, I can just go on and on and on and on and on. And God still loved. Use these people to reach other people. Just like he uses those of us who are imperfect in this crowd right here. So it really comes down to those of us who humble ourselves and say, God, whatever you've got for me, 
Whatever your word says is what I'm receiving. I'm, a, I'm just accepting that. No matter how crazy everybody tells me I am, no matter how, how mean people are going to get at me, we're driving in today. Gina's car's in the, in the body shop. Uh, Dylan's is going in on Thursday. We just, we, you know, we just, we, this is crunch time for us, right? <laughs> and so we're, we're driving a, we're driving a, a rented car, big black one, it's like a tank. And Gina's in the passing lane like, like she usually is. She's driving down the passing lane. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, watch out, Lula, oh, start screaming at me. It scared me to death. Well, it was too. Well, anyway, she might not scream that loud, but she said, look out, this guy, this Mustang, this black Mustang came up behind us. He must have been going 80 or 90 miles an hour. Was it any of you? He come up and he got right on Gina's bumper and, and Gina was in the pass lane. There was another car right here. So Gina was doing this and this and, and she was swerved. She swerved over. No, I, I, may be, I may be kind of stepping up story a little bit, but it's, you know, that's what it looked like to me anyway. And she got over in the other lane and that guy goes, whoa. Gina said, now normally we should just give him the finger. That's not what she meant. But I went, you mean like this? See, now your pastor's wife needs some prayer, but your pastor's doing okay. <laughs> it, it, it was a joke. And then all of a sudden, he just slows down. He's, going, he's probably going 90 miles an hour down 169. And you know, the police really patrol this on Sunday morning right here, in case you don't know. And he just slows down all of a sudden, and we're both going, oh, there's got to be a cop up there. There's got to be a cop. Well, there wasn't. But the thing is, he slowed down and, and got over into the lane, and I, boy, I was thinking about, I'm going to roll that window down and let this dude have it. <laughs> now, I'm going to honestly ask you, if you guys had the chance to let this guy have it, how many of you would? All right, boy. <laughs> Those of you who this is your first time here, we are still working on people here. God's still working on them. Working on your pastor as well because when your mind automatically thinks, man, I am going to pull up beside this guy and if he's not the size of Carrie Sims, I'm going to let him have Well, that wasn't a very humbling experience for us. Until we just decided not to do anything and drove on to church. Because it's that very split moment that you make decisions that are going to affect the rest of your, really the rest of your day, the rest of your year, could be the rest of your life. Road rage is a very dangerous thing, right? But it's so difficult, and I have it happen to me all the time because I'm pretty slow. Those of you who've seen me drive around town, I just go, you know, and people pass me all the time, so it's just kind of normal for me, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's that very split moment that we say, well, some of you already run into me. Some of you are looking at other people. Yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> it's that very split moment of the things that you do and the things that you say to, the, the things that you say to other people that are going to make you a witness or not. You know, if you're out there and you're telling people, well, you know, you, 
And I know we don't do this here, but many Christians do, man. We're out there telling people, well, you know, if you just live like me, you'd be all right. You know, if you would just, you know, the reason why you're so poor is you're just not doing things right. Or the reason why you're this, the reason why you're that. Guys, that's not how we reach other people. That's not how we reach people. With the Word of God. You see, the Bible says to humble ourselves, have that. Let me ask you this in closing. When a child gets a present... How does that child receive a present? I mean, just glad, just full of joy, just so glad to get it. You know, there's people out there. There are believers out there that need your help. There may be a believer in here that needs somebody's help. There are non-believers out there that need our help. There are people out there, like Selena was telling us, there are kids out there without beds. And I was just told the other day, there's not really a need in Owasso. There's not really a need in the Tulsa area. That's not true. There are people out there that have no beds. There are people out there that have no food. There are people out there that don't have a place to stay. And we have to humble ourselves. Say, are we going to help or not? Amen. Amen. Stand up with me. You guys are awesome. You guys are so awesome getting through that. Man, the things that we learn when we decide, you know, I want to move forward. I want to I make a difference. And you know what I've noticed more and more as the years go by, it's more and I'm not getting on to anybody, don't take this wrong, it's more and more difficult to get people involved. It's more and more difficult to get them involved with their money and their time. There seems to always be something in the way. And, I, and it seems like it has changed over the years. Those of you who have been in church maybe all your life, you're thinking, things really have changed over the years. But you know what? I think people are tired of church. We're tired, of, we're tired of just having church. We're just tired of... We're tired, you know, sometimes I get tired. I don't know if you realize or not, but I don't want to be here every Sunday either. You know, I have those Sundays. We all do. And we're just tired, and, and there are people leaving the church. There are people that we just talked about right up here that have left the church, and they're not coming back unless we touch them. Not telling them that they need to live the life that we do. Not telling them that we need to, they need to be like us. It's just simply by loving them. 1 Corinthians 13. Can we pray together this morning? Would you take the hand of the person next to you? We don't normally do this. And I'll just come down and take the hand of my wife since she's not mad at me for using her all morning. Glad I could help. <laughs> Take the hand of the person next to you and let's, let's, uh, let's pray that we just have some understanding. Let's pray that, that we have understanding and, and uh, humility and knowing that, you know what, there are more important things out there than our lives, period. You want to do that? Because that's a pretty difficult prayer, right? Some of you are going to tune me out right now and think about dinner, think about lunch. Let's talk about, let's, let's talk to the Lord this morning to see uh, what He wants for us. Let's do that. Father, we close today together. 
with hand in hand, Father, because there is strength in numbers, and we know that. And Father, there is strength in those in numbers who have faith together and that humility that you're talking about in your word. Father, we don't want to take your word out of context. We want to help those who need help. We want to, we want to, be, we want to be together with other churches. Father, we don't want to compete with any churches in this, in this community. We don't want to compete with any ministry in this community. Father, we want to come together. Father, I pray that, that what other, there, there are other ministries out there that are thinking the same thing. And Father, we want you to get us in contact with those ministries. Father, I pray that, that you guide Cade when he goes out to speak to these other churches to, to those who really care, those who really want to see a difference in the community. Father, we want to join with those. Father, we want to see a difference in the community. We want to help those who need help, who truly need help. Father, I pray for each and every person in this room that, that whatever happens to them this week, if they see somebody that is truly in need, that you will show them, that you will guide them in what to do. Father, I thank you that we have that heart of worship about us in this place. Father, we are truly a church without walls. If this building goes down next month, the month after, or whenever it goes down, this church continues. Father, we thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for what you've already done, that you've brought us from the old covenant to the new covenant. And we are a bunch of new covenant believers in this room. Father, we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Thank you for coming this morning. Now, the very last Sunday of this month, guess who's coming? Chris Rose and Julie Rose are coming back. Santa Claus is not coming to... Uh, <laughs> Julie, Chris and Julie Rose are coming back. That's the... the uh, some of you got the, the Don't Look Back ministry. I saw a couple of the shirts. That's the very last Sunday of this month. Guys, if you have a Don't Look Back t-shirt, let's, uh, let's freak him out. And let's all wear our t-shirts on that Sunday. And if you want one, if you didn't get one, they'll have them that, that day. He is so excited. He just, we just kind of adopted them. They're just kind of our adopted kids. So he's got a good message for you. That's the last Sunday of this month. Be sure to be here. And if you've got anybody who has been in prison or who has a son or daughter in prison or somebody close to them, that would be the Sunday that you should invite them here to hear his testimony. It's a wonderful, wonderful ministry that we do support. All right, don't forget about that. Are you ready to get out of here like we always get out of here? Go and, and do what God has called you to do. Don't let anybody scare you out of it. Go find those people that need your help. He's not looking for perfection, folks. He's looking for a willing heart. Amen. Repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a brand new creation in Him. I have now approached the presence of God with no condemnation of sin. I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, what belongs to Him? Let me hear you say it. Come on, give a shout one more time.